Hi, welcome to Not Another Marketing Podcast, where I'm talking to Robert Payton, the founder of Creative Agency Success and two times international best-selling author. This week, we're talking about finding the perfect client for your marketing agency. Thanks for downloading. For agencies and freelancers, having the wrong clients can be kind of like a sap of your energy, can stop you performing for other clients, and generally it can make you feel miserable, can't it? So this week, we're trying to find the perfect client with Robert Payton. He's the founder of Creative Agency Success and two-time international best-selling author of The Agency Blueprint and The Practical Agency. We talk about who the perfect client is, how we should pitch for work differently, and there's a great chat about setting client expectations. Now, you can find Robert on LinkedIn, also the Creative Agency Success website. Check out the links in the show notes. There's lots of them. Can I quickly mention the Not Another Marketing Podcast is ad-free. Love it if you could give the pod a quick shout on social media and subscribe via your favourite podcast app. Check out more episodes at jtid.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Now, the first thing I asked Robert was to kind of describe who the perfect client is. Yeah, I mean, I would say when I'm thinking of the ideal client, I mean, obviously it depends on the person mm. um, and the agency specifically, but I would say friendly, mm. respectful. Mm. They kind of work within your system and your processes. They understand the scope <laughs> that they are paying you for and they respect yeah. it. Um, the work one, the work that you're doing with them is something that you actually enjoy. They... Uh, take your advice and they pay you what you deserve yeah do you think that person exists does does that company exist <laughs> yes yes they absolutely do <laughs> there's a couple of them out there <laughs> yeah because I, I mean i do a lot of work with freelancers and, and and marketing agencies and and the one thing i see a lot of is that they've all got the wrong clients do you see the same 100 um yeah. i mean i think that there's the impact from, you know, kind of like the Mad Men sort of era, right? Mm. The full service agency where it kind of put the industry by and large back footed, I would say. Um, and what I mean by that is that we have this kind of idea in the industry that the client is the prize and yeah. that they're the thing that needs to be sought after. So you have to be whatever they want you to be. And um, it's diminished a lot of creatives and in, in agencies in a lot of ways. Do you think the fact that digital marketing particularly has become so fragmented over the last decade and quite quickly fragmented, um, that that is causing a problem because the clients may not have caught up just yet? I mean, yeah, but I also kind of take a bit of a qualm with the idea of just digital marketing in the first place because yeah. I mean, largely that, that means everything under the sun nowadays, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, a, a lot of it, I think too, right, is that the industry talks in, in industry jargon. We're not like on the same level with the client. And um, we, um, the way that we are actually communicating, like I think that it actually perpetuates this, this issue that a lot of agencies have because of the way that we are communicating with clients and the way that we are, we're attracting them in the first place, that most agencies sound exactly the same. They're not differentiated. Mm -hmm. They don't know how it's going to help. It's very commoditized in the language that we're speaking. Like you go to loads of different agencies' websites and it's like, here's the 
the Costco receipt sort of or Tesco receipt oriented mm -hmm. uh, list of all the items that we do, all the different services that we offer rather than like outcome driven, right? Because they're there for a result. They're not there to buy a brand. They're not there to buy an ad. They're there to buy more money. They're there mm -hmm. to buy more revenue. They're there to buy more brand recognition. And no one's talking about that. Yeah. Do, do you think to, a lot of agencies are, are too eager to say yes to a client no matter what? <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, that that one is uh, two, two like arms in the air. Absolutely. That's exactly how yeah. most agencies operate. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to mention any names and it was a long time ago. But I mean, I, I had an agency call me and they'd been working on a new website design and they charged a lot of money for this this design. I mean, a, a lot mm -hmm. of money. Mm -hmm. And they were about two weeks before putting it live. And they called me and they said, we have no idea how to put a website live. Oh, my gosh. And and there, I mean, it's just like, my God, why did you say yes to this? Mm -hmm. Do you see that happening? Every day. Yeah. Absolutely every day. And, you know, I've got loads of opinions on this particular piece, right? Because I, I, I don't think it's fair to the agency. I don't think it's fair to the client. Mm. But you're so afraid of saying no that it actually ends up causing your demise, the agency's demise, as well as the client's as well. And nobody wins. Not yeah. one person wins. Yeah. You make, if you're lucky, you make any profit at all on that type of project that you don't know how to do. The client doesn't get the work that they deserve and nobody's happy. You struggled, they struggled. It was just an unhappy experience across the board. Yeah. Do you think it's better for an agency to maybe turn around and say, well, we don't actually specialize in that, but we know somebody who does and we can work with them and you to to get the results is that a better approach um yeah perhaps so here's and this may kind of ruffle a couple of feathers listening mm. at the moment but i i personally if we're not a web design shop in that example mm. i would rather just put them to a web design shop yeah. partner that i have right here yeah. here's a client and then when someone comes that web design shop comes across someone that is right for me they'll send them my way yeah and have a relationship with someone that's, you know, reciprocal that way. Yeah. I'd much rather that than... And, and then you've got the issue that. with the web design shop is trying to do everything that the marketing agency does. And mm -hmm. they're terrified of losing. It's just one big vicious circle, isn't it? Yeah. But the thing that a lot of people don't recognize too, right, is that let's say that you are the, you know, the marketing shop or the web design shop and you have a client that is asking for something outside of the thing that you do. The thing that you do really well, they're over the moon about, they they love you for it, and that's why they are asking you for something else. And then you go and do that, whatever it was that they asked for, and you do it kind of mm. Mm, like okay at best, yeah. right? Like you're lucky if you get it just pass okay, pa a passing grade. Yeah. And they're underwhelmed. Yeah. And you ruined the relationship. Yeah. Why? Yeah. So not only did you make the client experience bad you suffered through it but you also lost revenue in the process yeah. <laughs> no yeah. like literally nobody won in that scenario and that i see that happen every day as well yeah i spoke to somebody who was years ago on the podcast who, who said that um he said that pretty much every single i mean he said like 99.9 .9 of every client they get they are not their first marketing agency mm -hmm. There's, they've yeah. always had a bad experience somewhere else it's a bit telling <laughs> It, it is. I mean, I would also, I was talking with a number of clients yesterday about this kind of overarching topic. And I, I do think it's quite interesting, though, because with those types of clients, and that can be a telling thing when speaking with a new prospective client, mm. too, 
on who they are going to be. Like how many clients have you worked with in the past? Yeah. Or how many agencies have you worked with in the past? I mean, yes. and um, yes. it's been 10. Okay. Well, what happened with all of those 10? <laughs> yes. right? like, yeah. This isn't going to work out well, probably for us. And it's a great way to understand the dynamic of that person and whether it's the person or whether it's the agency, because if it's been 10, it's likely them. Yeah, kind of leads me on to the next question. When we're pitching for work, should we be a bit more fussy? Should we kind of think about whether we want the work or want the client? Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, I um, yes, we, we absolutely should want the work. I mean, largely here's how I see the world, right? That when we are not energized by what we are doing and we're not excited about what we are doing, our energy and our motivation is essentially being depleted. And personally, I didn't get in business to take on all the risk Mm. of being an entrepreneur, to do things that I don't enjoy, to have a life that I don't want, to not have fun going to work. It's like, why would I do that? And I mean, largely, if you do not and you're not adding on to that excitement, that motivation, that energy, then it becomes very difficult to show up when you need to show up because you are tired, you're burnt out working with people, then getting emails from someone that you're like, ah, this person again. And that's not fun. And it's, it's when you're in that place, it's so incredibly difficult to grow and hit goals. And I think a lot of agencies are stuck in that place where they're just tired. They've been beaten. They've been burned. They're exhausted doing work that they don't want to trying to be in a place where clients has jump and they say how high, yeah. They don't feel like they have any autonomy in their lives. It's just that they are there. They have essentially kind of a bad job. Yeah. And on the flip side, it's also bad for the client. Yeah. You're disinterested. You don't enjoy it. They're not going to get the expect they're not going to get the work that they want and especially for creative agencies as well, right? Like if you're not inspired by it, hmm. I can pretty much guarantee you that your creative is going to be lackluster. So you're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing your family a disservice because when you get home from work of a day that you hated, Mm. I can guarantee you you're not in the best of moods. Yeah. And so everyone suffers. And for what? Yeah. For why? For a couple extra bucks Yeah. that you probably weren't even profitable in the first place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Do you think there's too much of kind of like the client telling the agency what to do and then the agency just doing it? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. You're hitting on my hot buttons. I can feel my my my, my blood temperature going like, up the, a little the bit. The agency <laughs> should be the the expert at this. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the the thing. So let's 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 just stop and take a moment and, and mm. think about things from the perspective of the of the prospective client, right? Yeah. They're in an area that they know nothing about. Sure. And yet they probably, you know, read a couple articles or they heard from a friend of something that they did and they're here to try to find something that works. And they're exploring and they're talking to an agency. And so they're coming to you with the research that they've had and a research that they've done. And they're largely, no offense to the prospective client, Mm -hmm. but uneducated on the topic. Mm -hmm. And it's your responsibility to either educate them or challenge them, right? I mean, to just take what it was that they they said, and maybe they're right, but more often than not, I find that they're not on what it is that they're asking for. And like, so I had a, 
a web design agency client, web design development, um, with this kind of topic, right, where they had a, a prospective client come in and they were going to be redesigning their site hmm. for the fifth time in a year and a half because it wasn't oh, converting. Man. And oh. I'm like, and, and his comment to them was like, largely, you know, we'll call him John. Um, largely, John, it's not your site. Like, yeah, sure, we could redesign it. And I'm not going to say no to the money if that's what you want. But largely, you're having both an identity and messaging problem yeah. more than you're having a web design problem. Like, sure, there's optimizations and changes and conversion optimization that we can do. And we can talk about doing that after. But you need to work with an identity and branding agency first so that... Yeah people actually even know who you are. And so they went and worked with that branding agency, came back to this web design shop and have made, they've made loads of money with them. And mm. it's just completely changes how things, um, when you have that, that conversation, like I, I just know, and I talked pretty much 99.99% of agency owners I talked to, it's like, I hate sales. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and they say it because, they're having to do this thing that feels uncomfortable, which is being deceitful. Yeah. They know that what they're offering is probably not the right thing. They know that what they're offering is not something that should be and may not be in the best interest of the client. Sometimes it is. I'm not saying that mm -hmm. every single time, but it's, it's dishonest and it doesn't feel nice. And so don't do that. Yeah. Just challenge them, help them be authentic with them. It feels nicer. It's better. You, can actually work with people that you want to. I mean, I don't know. For me, I have taken on myself clients that I disliked and I've had those mm. ones that have drained my energy and yeah. I'm speaking yeah. from personal experience as well. Yeah. You know, like Same. we've all yeah. had them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but the ones that are not like that, the ones that I actually had those conversations, those honest, authentic conversations from the front end are the ones that I just... I call friends today. Yeah. The, and I enjoy working with them. And they respect me. They respect my time. I respect them. I respect their time. And we thrive together. Like, there's nothing better than that. Yeah. Like, absolutely. my life yeah. has meaning. Theirs does, too. Like, it's it's this beautiful symbiotic relationship that I see most agencies just not having. And it, it, it sucks for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do. You mentioned that, that like... You know, so somebody could read a couple of articles or something, and then and this is what you need to do. Why is it that we kind of like read a blog post and suddenly become an expert at something? <laughs> I mean, we do it. Everybody does it. I think to some sort of an extent, don't they? Oh yeah. I mean, but this, it's not just exclusive to agencies, man. I mean, mm, I'm yeah. sure pretty much every single doctor on the planet has had someone go to WebMD and come <laughs> up with, show up to the doctor's office with, "Hey, this is what I have," and like, yeah, no. You, no. you don't have cancer. <laughs> That's yeah. not what it is. Yes. You yeah. need some antibiotics. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. The internet is a strange place, isn't it, at the end of the day? Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that yes. That was my point. point. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for finishing that up. Uh, yeah. Um, what about cl so, so client expectations? I, I, I mean, I, I do it and I didn't do it at the beginning, which is why I ended up being in having nightmare clients. Right. I didn't set proper mm -hmm. expectations. How do you deal with this? Do you are you specific, very specific about what we do and what is expected of us as, of us as an agency? Oh, 
A absolutely. So, you know, um, let's kind of take, there's multiple stages to expectation setting, in mm -hmm. my opinion, right? Like, it's not just, you set expectations and then everything's copacetic from that point forward, yeah. right? Like, that's, unfortunately, that's not how it works. I wish it was, but yeah. it's not. Um, so you have kind of three primary areas that expectations need to be set. You have it in sales, you have it in onboarding, and then you have an ongoing expectation resetting or reframing or re um, reaffirming the expectations that the client should have in the relationship. But to, to begin with, right, in the sales conversation, you should be in what I see in, in the initial sort of phases, right, when it comes to expectation setting, like the the relationship that you're actually building in the sale conversation is paramount to the entire relationship that you're going to have. If the client has entire control, the prospective client has control over the sale conversation, they're going to have control over every single future conversation that you have. So you need to be the one that actually sits as the advisor. So that's mm -hmm. the first expectation that actually needs to be set is what is the actual relationship dynamic in the first place? Mm -hmm. And then the other piece too, right, is that when it comes to working in an area, right? So as we were just talking about, you have someone read a blog article or they read something online and now they're, you know, have somewhat educated, but largely not enough. And they're nervous. They're anxious about doing this thing. They're investing yeah. p potentially for one of the first times in their lives into this particular thing. And the anxiety is super high. And what do people do when their anxiety is high? They try to control. Yeah which sucks for you and sucks for them because they don't end up having the result, right? Sure. So, but they need to feel comfortable in what it is that's being done. So one of the key components to this is actually selling based on a system, based on a method, based on a process that your agency follows that actually has the result, the outcome happen. And if you sell that way, that this is how we do it, yeah, that they're going to want to work within the system, right? So that's initial like kind of mindset expectation. And then, to answer the now to answer a bit more of the question you were asking mm. was more about like what is what is the line right like what is the boundary in the scope kind of more right like yeah. that's the the typical expectation conversation um you have with the proposal right you want to make sure that you have all the inclusions like here's the things that we are actually going to be delivering one of the things that i see three things that I see, one of the major ones that I see more often that's missed is the exclusions. Like here's all the things yes. that are not included. Yeah. And yeah. why that's so important is the client's going to take a very liberal um, interpretation of what you have as the proposal, right? Yeah. Like that's in their better interest. So just completely remove any ambiguity by saying here's all the things that are absolutely not. And so here's the line, right? So the line is fully defined. And then... Two other really important pieces of the proposal process is agency responsibilities and client responsibilities. So what exactly are we doing? And then what is the client responsible for? Like you can't take everything from beginning to end outcome without any of the client input, right? You have mm -hmm. to have some client input and lots of clients don't want to do their part of the job, right? Sure. So yeah, yeah. it causes loads of issues. So making sure that they understand what their responsibilities are are really important. And I'll pause there because I've kind of covered quite a few things. Yeah, no, I, I like the idea of the exclusions because I, I didn't do that at the beginning. And I remember, because I mean, I got, I'm old. So like I was building little e-commerce sites for stores back in the late 1990s. And, mm -hmm. um, and they look great, by the way. Oh, they were f proper 90s <laughs> websites. Beautiful. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and, 
after about the sixth person who called me and said, I haven't had a customer, why not? I haven't sold anything, why not? Uh, and me saying, have you actually told anybody you've got a website that sells stuff? And I know. <laughs> I had to put an exclusion that I don't find your customers. <laughs> Is that not how it works? You just put up a website and they come? <laughs> well, back in 1998, that's kind of what folks thought, right? And, and I suppose, I know we don't think that now, but there are similar things nowadays, aren't there? That, I mean, I think maybe people are slightly more educated than yeah. they were at that point, yes. but marginally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do Do you think um, we should put we should write expectations on communication as well? Because I think communication is sometimes a problem. Yeah. So, one hundred percent, it can be an issue. But I also think that largely, you the way that you set expectations here, I think, is really important. Um, I mean, personally, I, I believe in a bit more of over-communication than trying to set a limitation to how much they can communicate with you, right? Maybe right. there's limitations to the frequency of meetings, perhaps, right? Like you're going to have a weekly meeting depending on the scope of work that you're going to be doing or, you know, once a month, whatever that looks like. Um, but largely, for a client to have a great experience, and the vast majority of clients actually make a determination on whether they're going to continue to work with a service provider in that first 90 days. And how you make that experience for the client is incredibly important. And personally, my opinion for a lot of agencies is that you should communicate more. The more that you communicate with the client of where the project is and where you are and how things are moving along and all of that makes them have less anxiety, which then actually makes the experience better for them, mm. has them kind of being down your throat lot, lots less, so it makes your experience better, and also has them work with you longer. So you end up making more money. I mean, it's so much easier to retain a client than get a new one, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, do, do you set? Um, do you, uh, you you say you'd like the communication? You'd like the clients communicating with you. Do, do you set mm -hmm. set sort of expectations on where? So I mean, you, you've not got them all on WhatsApp, have you? So they can contact you at like half ten at night oh, or something. Yeah. No, no. absolutely not. But right? I, I, I see that only a lot. I see that a lot. <laughs> You're hitting on a couple of conversations yeah. I had yesterday, but um, I had a conversation yesterday where I had a, an agency client, a fairly new client, where they're in the place where she was talking about the fact that some of them will send Facebook messages, some of them will send text messages, others yeah. will send emails, some of them will be in Slack. And it's like, there's so many methods of communication. Yeah. And I was like, my anxiety levels were, were going up uh, yeah. through the roof when she was describing that. And the advice that I gave to her was one that that you, you let them do that right like you yes you're the one that said that like the vast majority of time they they if they ask for your phone number or you send them a text message you're opening up that channel for communication if you only ever communicate with them via email and that's the only method that you communicate yeah you set the expectation like you don't yeah. need to put yeah. a boundary around it right like you just don't allow it yeah yeah i, I like to think phone calls are only for emergencies as well I mean, I just don't even let phone calls come in, right? Yeah. It's not even available. Like, I don't have phone numbers listed on my yeah. signatures. So they yeah. can't call. Yeah. And we don't we don't take calls. Like, our phones don't ring yeah. in our office. And purposefully, because I don't want to be distracted. Sure. And so there's there's a link to book a time on my signature. Yeah. And I'm happy to meet with you. I'm happy to talk with you. But schedule time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's and important. Yeah. It's... It's um, and we do have um an answering service that answers the phone and directs them to email us so they can schedule a time, or schedule a time for us, um, but, I mean it's it's 
in, in the example of that client yesterday that I was talking to, the advice I gave to her was that for the clients that are texting you, I mean, you can to reframe and push them back into the proper channel of communication. It's like, thanks so much for sending this text message. Do me a favor, copy and paste this into an email and I'll make sure to help you there. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just resetting the expectation there, right? Like yeah. you boundaries are incredibly important. And I mean, largely, do you really want to get a text message at nine o'clock at night? Cause you've built that relationship with the client where you're, you know, watching a movie with your family? Probably not. No, of course not. No, no. Have you ever fired a client? <laughs> yes. How? How did you do it? I got a great, um, I got a great one, which I'll tell you in a bit. But tell me how you do yours. Um, well, largely the way that I've liked to do them is more um, in that it that I'm not really the best fit for them anymore, right? That it's not really that's it's kind of like this this story of like being broken up with words. It's not you, it's me. Yeah. Um, kind of scenario. Um, I'm a. <laughs> all right. I've I've um, kind of. I've shut down a business and then I fired a large portion of my business because I wasn't enjoying it. So I mm. fired 80% of my client base um, over the timeline of a couple of weeks because yeah. I did not like my client base. Like I didn't like what I was doing with them. I didn't sure. like what my life was looking like. And I just went and let most of them go. I'd like picked a hand few that I enjoyed, which then largely pushed forward to who I was going to allow to be clients in the future, right? Because I was analyzing all of that. Um, it's mostly a friendly conversation of just, hey, um, here's someone, here's another agency that is going to be able to better serve you. I'm not the best fit, and here's why, and here's ultimately where you should go. I try to keep. I don't like to burn bridges personally, um, so that's usually how I've handled it. Yeah, that's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> very polite way of doing it. I had, I had one again. It was a while ago. I mean, we're talking probably mid two thousands here, where. Um, they 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 would phone me in the middle of the night, okay. um, literally like three a.m. something like that, uh, and and it was usually after one or two bottles of wine had been drunk, oh. and and it would be things like, did you get my email? And they'd just sent you an email at two fifteen a.m., and and the, the the one thing that really caught me huh. at the end was that my my dad was in hospital at at the time and oh, when right. you get a phone call at three o'clock it's never usually a good phone call at 3 a.m or something is it no never um no. and yeah they phoned me to ask me if i got their email um in sort of like and the following day i just gathered all their files all their information everything mm. and, and um, stuck it in the post <laughs> yeah I, I think that's fair i <laughs> sleep is obscenely precious to me as well wake me up at three o'clock in the morning that's a great way to get on my enemies list <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, abs absolutely. Yeah. No, there are some nightmare clients about. Yeah, yeah there's oh, probably worse than that. Yeah. Yeah, probably, but I, I, I don't want to know. No, not at all. Um, Robert, I could chat and moan and whinge about clients for hours and hours and hours, but I'm not going to. Um, where, where can we find you? Where's your, um, where's your website? Where's your, your podcast as well? All your stuff. Yeah, I've actually put together a few, a couple of things uh, for your listeners. If you go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash not another marketing podcast, I put a couple of some give me's there on a page for you guys to be able to download capabilities presentation, largely around the conversations that we were having around setting expectations. So how to go about doing that, how to set it up in a meaningful way to sell based on a process and be in control of the conversation and not really be pitching people, mm. but actually have them being drawn towards you. 
Um, and if you're wanting to take a bit more of a deep dive, um, there's a download for a copy of my book, The Practical Agency, about how to grow from about the $150,000 line to the $2 million in revenue and how to do it in a sustainable way that ultimately adds to your energy and makes you happy. And if you're wanting to explore a little bit about how um, and what we have been talking about on the episode today, um, I'm happy to have a 15-minute conversation with you. There's a link to book a call on that page as well. Fantastic, Robert. What I'll do is I'll put a bunch of links in the show notes and folks can just tap on those. Um, Perfect. No problem. Um, Robert, thanks for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again to Robert for his time. Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes. Subscribe to the pod on your favourite podcast player. Just search for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.